0: Support for the Man City Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can be one of the first men in England to experience their life-changing products. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code MANCITY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code City. It's time to shave those balls.
1: A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams? Niche nonsense? Or surprisingly brilliant? You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish football podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now.
0: Welcome to the Man City Show, it's nice to rock Rockman back in the chair, a new season but the same disappointing group of guests I'm afraid, all massive blues, all very long in the tooth, all been there, done it, all got several t-shirts. Uh, in no particular order, a huge welcome to my old friend Tony Newgrosh, hi Tony. Good evening. And the view from the blue, a view from the blue, Stephen Allwise. Hello, hello. And our very own Stato, welcome back to Paul Denby. Hi there. Uh, listen, uh, I think we should start, actually, with something that's pretty hot news as we as we record this on Monday evening. Uh, Phil Foden, um, handled brilliantly by Pep, in my view. Lots of people saying he should be farmed out to Everton to play week in, week out. Beautifully handled. Played more games than he's played before. Scoring goals after lockdown. Gets his chance to play for England. And then, in the words of the club he unfortunately did something that was totally inappropriate. I suppose it's only right we start with that. Um, Stephen, is, is this going to kind of affect him in some ways? Is it going to tarnish his reputation? How, how, do you, how
2: do you see it all? Well, I think it probably has to affect him in some way because it will be the first time that he's experienced any negative press, any negative publicity, everything for the past few years that's been written or said about him has been overwhelmingly positive about his potential his talent the chances he's going to get at City and we've seen in his performances he's lived up to that Uh, but he's let himself down here so I think any criticism or any negativity that comes his way is justified Um, and it'll be interesting I think from a City perspective how Pep handled it because you saw when Walker had his indiscretions over lockdown a few months ago Pep handled that well arm round the shoulder um, trusted him, played him and won his fate. It will be interesting to see whether he repeats that with Foden and Foden comes straight back into City when he's available or whether Pep actually has a word and says you know you really need to be careful now the press is, is aware of who you are, is out for you and anything like that will get you into trouble It's a shame isn't it Paul you know he's had his chance
0: People said he was good enough. You know, if it doesn't matter what his age is, what experience, He was good enough, put him in the side. He did. He got his chance. Certainly did a good job, I think, as far as everybody was was concerned, in a pretty poor game. Um, it's disappointing, isn't it, to kind of see what's gone on uh, abroad when he's on England duty for the first time. Really disappointing, isn't it? Well, it's very disappointing. Clearly, he had a reasonable game. He wasn't, he wasn't the star on, on,
3: the, on the match against Iceland, but he had a decent game in the beginning. But... He's done something very naive, silly, uh, lack of um, maturity, whatever you want to call it. He's, he's been silly. And he's been punished by England, and he should be in some way punished by a city as well. Now, I know um just said about putting an arm around Walker. He should have an arm around him as well. But equally, he should be told, don't bloody well do such stupid things. You've got the limelight on you now. You're a star in the making. You've got to be more mature and think about what you're doing because these actions have repercussions. Um, yeah, uh, will he get dropped for a game by City? I'm not sure. I and mean, Pep's got a big enough squad to be able to say you're not going to play in the first game because of that, um, and that might be the end of it. But um, yeah, I
0: was a bit disappointed when I saw all the news flashes coming on my phone earlier on today. I'm sure Tony, a different spin on it. How how did you react when you saw the news?
1: Well, I think we have to have some context We he described it as a lack of maturity and that's probably what a 20-year-old does suffer from. But let's be clear here, he's not been sort of snorting cocaine in any toilets. He's accused of uh, chatting to a girl in a hotel. I think, I think I might have done it myself once or twice when I was 20. It was clearly a lack of judgment, but um, I don't think we should be too hard on him. He clearly needs to learn from it, but I don't think he's... Uh, you know, brought disgrace upon himself or the club. He's just had a, a, a lapse of judgment and I hope he'll learn from it.
0: I mean, just to come back to you, Tony, I don't, don't think COVID-19 pan, world pandemic was around, was it, when you were 20, uh, all those five or six years ago? I'm sure. So I think that's, it, that's it, the difference, isn't it? it wasn't, it's not, let's be clear, it's not just chatting a girl up. It is putting actually the danger of his, his pl- other players and uh, and himself Uh, with with the pandemic that's going on. It's the the COVID rules that he broke, I think, is the issue here.
1: I agree with you, and that's why, yes, I accept he should be punished, but uh, I'm just making the point that it's, I think, no more than a lapse of judgment, albeit, as as you quite rightly say, arguably a serious lapse of judgment.
0: Sure. Sticking with you then, Tony, just briefly, um, looking back on last season, before we start talking about transfers in and who's gone and maybe what's missing, um, just very briefly, your, your reflections on last season. Now the dust has settled a bit. we had a chance to kind of catch our breath, watch a bit of cricket. have um, mm. a couple of weeks off at least before the season starts, starts anew. Just looking back on that, Tony, how, how disappointed are you now uh, on City well, compared with what's happened in the two seasons prior to that, of course?
1: Well, I think that's the point, isn't it? we would set such exceptional standards, that uh, it did feel disappointing. But we shouldn't forget, we won a trophy. We finished second in the league uh, and we played some magnificent footballs at times, albeit it did promise a lot more and ultimately disappoint at the big moment. So, you know, if a a crisis is just winning one trophy a season, I suspect I can live with that. But clearly we all hope for, for better and for more this season.
0: Uh, crisis averted then, Stephen, happy with the season, trophy in the cabinet, good good news, it? All, all good stuff, everybody's happy that
2: they actually had. Um, well, no, of course, you're asking facetiously, and it's one of those, because of our standard over the last few years, expectations are high, and therefore, to win a, the Carabao Cup is great, but to fall as many points short of Liverpool in the league as we did, and to bow out of the Champions League in such a, of almost predictable in the overthinking it pep sense but in a, such a disappointing way I, d- I don't think the season will be looked on or remembered fondly in any way but i think it's a chance now to kick on again it gave liverpool you know we finished so far ahead of them in was it pep's second season when we won the league that that sparked a response in then we've got to do the same we've got the squad we've got the players and after winning the league twice and, and doing it in a way that people said we could never do in England and winning the treble, last year maybe the motivation wasn't there, but it absolutely has to be from next season.
0: How does Pep do that then, uh, Paul? We, I think the guys have summed it up very, very well. What, what, what is it Pep's got to do with this group of, of clearly world-class talent that, that I guess against those two previous seasons the guys have said kind of underperformed really? What, what is it he's got to do? How is he going to do that? Dare I be a bit
3: radical here and say, ignore the League Cup and the FA Cup? I know we like to win those trophies and they're not bad, uh, but where City are today, um, what Liverpool have done the last couple of seasons, they've dropped those competitions effectively and concentrated on the Premier League and the Champions League and won one in each of the two seasons. We don't need to prove ourselves in the domestic cup competitions next season. We've proven we can do it. Give the kids more of a chance in the League Cup and FA Cup. If we get knocked out in the third, fourth, or fifth round, so be it. If we got to the final, then I'd want to win it, obviously. But I, I'd rather concentrate and give. The, the players are going to be more fatigued this season than last season by the, the time we get to sort of February because they've had a, a very short break. And therefore, the running, as you get to the, the business end of the season, as it's called, you need to have your top players available. So, we need the squad, we need the players, and we should really concentrate. Pep should concentrate on the two big ones
0: next season and ignore the others. But uh, that's, 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 I, that's what I think. It's interesting because, because City, City fans are kind of uh, one of the things that I think we, we like about Pep is exactly the opposite in the fact that he takes those competitions seriously, unlike some other managers, and he wants to win every game he goes into. And as a result of that, we have completely dominated our domestic league is that, do, you, do you feel the same Tony that actually as, as Stato is saying let's just forget about those the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup and just concentrate on the big two, would you agree with that or do you think actually having that momentum in the domestic competitions gives gives us you know, what we're looking for as fans we love winning still the way don't we
1: I've always felt very nostalgic about the league cup, I love it and uh, I love the fact we've dominated it, <laughs> we've got a big enough squad that we should be able um, to put out a good team and win it, even if we do rest many of our stars. I think we've proved that. So, oh, sod it. let's go for the lot. Let's 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 win the lot this year. Um, you know, I've, it may come at the end of the season that we do have to prioritise, but I don't think we should uh, at any point um, throw away the opportunity to win a trophy. We all love a day out at Wembley, and hopefully when this crisis abates, we'll be back there before you know it.
0: Stephen, where do you sit on that? Are you uh, are you with uh, sort of Tony, or are you with uh, with Stato on this one?
2: No, I, I think Tony made the point that our squad can compete in everything, and that, I think yeah. that's absolutely spot on. That Pep can make ten, eleven changes, and he's still bringing in ten or eleven internationals. So you're st- you're resting your first choice players. You're bringing in your squad players and giving them match practice but our squad is good enough that you can do that and we're still stronger than everyone else especially if they rest or rotate so pep will go for everything um i don't think he's got it within himself to to almost abandon um, or forfeit a couple of cup competitions but equally of course he'll know that the premier league is the focus and the champions league is the focus that's what he's been brought in to win especially the champions league but he'll know that finishing 20 points behind Liverpool isn't good enough. So I think he will intrinsically focus on both of them. But we have the squad to compete on four counts. Go on, Cause, sure. cause Clearly, I made the
3: point. We're saying we're good enough, but clearly we're not quite good enough because we failed to win the Champions League two seasons ago when we did the domestic treble. Last season was disappointing. So, And we've had the same depth of squad, but we've not succeeded in winning the Champions League if we're honest about it, that is what the owners really really want therefore we've got to change something and whether it's just Pep's approach to quarterfinals in the Champions League, I think it's probably a little bit more than that, by the time you get to February time frame you're losing players to suspensions and injuries you're therefore already going into your not your second 11 uh, you've got to try some of your less um, experienced players and they, they need the challenge as well your Tommy Donalds, etc Therefore, I really do think that this is, needs a, a bit of a radical think as to how to get to the um, Champions League final and win the league. Uh, and I might be wrong, but that, that's a, a view that I've got
0: at the moment. All right. Listen, before we move forward, I just want to look back a little bit because there's one huge story, of course, which uh, we all will be aware of. And I don't think we on the podcast have had a chance to really discuss it properly. And that's obviously about uh, Lionel Messi uh, the fact he wanted to leave Barcelona and City looked like favourites, and for a time, it looked as though there was a chance that we potentially, see little Manchester City, would be having probably the best player on the planet playing in a sky blue shirt. And I'm just interested to know that that seems to have gone away for now. I say seems to because there is a one school of thought that says actually it still may happen. Of course, um, I'm not sure about that, but I suspect it might. Um, just I'm just interested again in getting your thoughts and reflections on that of how you felt about it. Uh, whether you, Stato, thought it might be another Rodney Marsh moment. Um, and you might want to remind people what I mean by that in that famous uh, Liverpool uh, uh, First Division Championship uh, season as it happened to be in those days. Just just your thoughts, Stato, first on the whole messy saga, whether you were a fan, whether you thought uh, it would have been really great for City or actually potentially dangerous. Just, just your thoughts and reflections on the messy saga. Well, quickly, the Rodney Marsh saga was 1972. We were top of the
3: league. Uh, I think Derby, Leeds, Liverpool were all around there at the same time. We brought Rodney Marsh, changed the way we approached the game, slowed it down a bit, and we ended up one point behind. I think it was Derby who won the league with one point more than Leeds, Liverpool and City. Lionel Messi is a bit different to Rodney Marsh. He's the top player in the world, or has been. I'm not so sure he is nowadays. I think he's clearly past his peak, although he's still a brilliant player. The marketing that would come with signing Lionel Messi would be fantastic for, for City. Um, what it would do to the club on the pitch could only be positive in the short term. I'm not sure about the medium and long term because we still need to invest in a young squad to keep get us going for the next three, four, five, six years anyway. Uh, would I love to see him in the sky blue shirt at uh, the Etihad? Of course I would, but just being city as it is at the moment, we'd in, him and we wouldn't be able to go. Um, but um, yeah, I'd love to see him at city and um uh, hopefully that might happen in a year's time, or of course, then that gives us less time to see him as as good as he is at the moment.
0: Tony, uh, I think Mahrez would keep him out, wouldn't he? If he got in, if if he came to City anyway, surely.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely! I would, I would have loved it. I would love it if Messi came to City just for pure <laughs> entertainment. You know, look, we've not we've not struggled to score goals. That's not really been the the problem. But could you just imagine seeing him and Aguero at front? And some of the games, I mean, listen, I was excited. I was looking forward to it. I don't think I've been that excited since you re-signed Kenny Clements all those years ago, but it would have been <laughs> a a great signing. It would have only, I think, enhanced our reputation. Um, and I think also let's give some credit to City the way they've handled themselves in all of this. I think everyone yes. was, was dying to make a huge story out of it. And, you know, big city. I mean, we, we remember... Our ex CEO, Mr Cook, putting his foot in mouth on a few occasions. I think we've learned from that, and we, as a club, I think handled this very well. And yeah, I still hope that maybe next year we might see him pull on that uh, lovely sky blue shirt.
0: I mean, Stephen, you travel the world watch, watch, watching City. Uh, for me. Uh, I think Messi is the best player I've ever seen live at the Etihad playing for Barcelona against City, I think, by a country mile. He was fantastic. Which camp are you in? Were you looking forward to seeing him? Were you excited about the
2: prospects or, like, Tony, do you think uh, you've yeah. probably got to bigger priorities? Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got to get excited when, I'd agree with you, the best player I've ever seen um, yeah. is linked with City and all the noises were that he wanted to move. I've seen him at the New Camper tear us to pieces, I've seen him at the Etihad tear us to pieces and you watch him on TV tear everyone else to pieces. He'd have been unbelievable to watch play every week in a City shirt. Um, whether that happens next year or moving forwards we'll have to see but if I, you know also the realist within you says he's not really a, a City signing at the moment, he's not a pet player who will, you know he's young and will work hard and press but Give him the ball and he makes magic happen. So would have been lovely to see him, and and who knows, we may still experience that in in time. Sure, let's
0: let, let's look forward then. Let's let's start thinking about this season then. And, and, and Tony, maybe you kick off for us in terms of departures and arrivals. We know that David Silva sadly has gone um the 21 shirt uh has, has been replaced of course we'll come off that in a second we know that Leroy Sane has gone as well they're the two kind of big departures um and the only business so far of course at the time of going to press is Nathan Ake coming in at centre back and Ferran Torres as well who is going to uh have the uh, challenge of carrying that 21 shirt so good luck to him with that just Kind of your thoughts yep. on business done so far. We'll come on. We'll come on to what's missing in a second. But but your thoughts and reflections on those two first of all, and whether they're good light for light replacements. Whether you're excited by that. What, what, what's your view when you saw those two coming and uh, replacing Silva and Sane respectively?
1: Well, I saw Torres play in the uh, Nations League of the other night. I was quite impressed. He looks quite useful. I think many of us were sorry to see Sane leave, but clearly. He wasn't entirely happy at City, so we have to wish him all the best. And uh, it's not the first time a club has unfortunately lost a player they didn't want to lose. So, listen, I think I think we're still in rude health going forward. As I think you've alluded to, the problems still need to be resolved at the back, both as far as incoming players and, and outgoing players. So, I think there's still a month of the transfer window to go, and we're still being linked with certain players. We've now got two left sided centre halves. Um, I suspect a right footed centre half is, is still on Pep's shopping list. So I look forward with interest to seeing what business we can do in the next few weeks. If you want an e bike that doesn't
3: look like it's made for the shopping precinct,
1: Check them out now on the web
3: at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike, e-bikes that are cool AF.
0: Your thoughts, Dato, on Ake and and Torres? I suspect you'd probably see more of Nathan Ake than you have of Torres, of course, but uh, your thoughts on those two, first of all?
3: Yeah, I mean, Torres is clearly a great uh, young player because lots of clubs are after him. I've not seen very much of him. I saw a bit of the Spain match the other night and he was quite impressive, the bits I saw. Um, So, yeah, great to have him on board and hopefully he'll he'll do the business for us. Uh, Ake, seen him play for when he started originally at Chelsea and then to Bournemouth. Always look like a good footballer, but uh, hopefully he'll develop even further when he comes to City. Um, so yeah I'm not sure where he's going to be playing will he play two left footed centre backs will he play uh, at left back even because there is that possibility he has played there for Netherlands in the past as yeah. well so uh, sure. I'm pleased to see him uh, hopefully he'll get in there pretty quickly and get the opportunity to develop
0: further yeah, you happy with the business done so far Stephen?
2: yeah I think so I've not seen a huge amount of Torres but um, from, from the clips and his his Paul just said, you know, looked really good for Spain in what we've seen. Gets to the byline, takes on a man, is pacey. Um, you know, we don't, outside of Sterling, we don't really have that much pace in attacking areas. So um, I think he looks a really good addition. Ake, you know, not the star signing, but better, I think, than Otamenti and Stones for backup. Um, left-footed, which is great for balance. Um I'm sure there's still business to be done because if you'd have gone through our squad when it was fresh in our minds, the disappointment at the end of last season, I think we'll have all have said, you know, there's four or five positions that need strengthening. So I'm sure we'll bring another couple in at least. But, you know, the other aspect is you look at somebody like Rodri, who's now had a year to get to grips with Pep's style at the Premier League. and, And we saw how it took Sane a year to get to grips, and Bernardo similar as well, and Mares. Even though he was used to the Premier League, took a while. So you'd hope that Rodri is settled now. Someone like Cancelo as well. Um, you know, it's a big season for him. Can he really kick on this year? So I think there's there's more business to be done, um, but there's some promising signs so far.
0: And so where do you think that business is then? I mean, I think, uh, I think we all know, but just help us articulate the, is it just centre back or can you see other areas that are, that right, that right-sided centre back is clearly the number one priority, we'd all agree. And that then questions whether Stones, Otamendi, whether they will stay at the Etihad, I suspect until the business is done, they'll, they'll obviously keep them. Uh, anywhere else, Stephen, that you see being priorities or do you think that
2: will sort the problem? No, I think well, I'm sure centre back is number one priority. You'd, you'd say we have to bring in a, a backup keeper. Um, with Bravo having left, you'd say left back has anybody really established themselves in that position? Uh, Cancelo filled in the last couple of games in the Champions League, but you know he's not a long term option there. You know, Mendy has, I think, so much talent, but obvious fitness. Fitness. And injury issues. Um, Zinchenko seemed to just drift out of things slightly. So, you know, there's a couple of positions, and that that's not, you know, mentioning a striker. Aguero probably coming to the last 12, maybe 24 months of his city career. Is Jesus ready to step up week in, week out? I'm not sure. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what we do. Um, obviously, we've got more time now until October when the window ends. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll want to get so. business sorted as soon as they can.
0: Where do you see the priorities then, Stato? Just leaving centre-back aside, I think we'll all agree that is the number one priority. Um, Ake, you've already made the point, can play at left-back already. So he may well be We've got a number of people who could play there and that might suit Pep having that flexibility. Um, Where do you sit on the striker front? I mean, is this... uh, is this a priority as far as you're concerned? Or do you think 102 goals last season is not really a problem for us because goals are coming from everywhere? You know, Sterling scoring them, KDB, Foden started to score, if you'd pardon the pun. Um, so, so where do you see Stryker being, being a, a priority also for Pep? Or do you think he'll, he'll let the guys who sort of play in those positions carry on for another season? Well, rumor has it
3: he tried to get uh, Timo Werner to change his mind and come to City. Whether that's true or not, we'll know. we don't know. Um, bit concerned that we score lots of goals, but we also miss a lot of goals. And the one reason you look at our defensive record and people complain that our defence we have conceded, I think it was the second fewest goals in the Premier League last season. The problem we have is that we lose games by the stupid goals that we give away and lose like 1-0 or 2-1, take Chelsea last season away when we lost 2-1, gave away a stupid goal and a penalty, Southampton where we gave away a stupid goal and lost 1-0, we can't break teams down. I do think we need an alternative approach where teams get a 1-0 lead and then pack their defence and we just can't seem to break it down or when we do, then we give another stupid goal away Um, and therefore I would love to see, and it's not, not him per se, but you know, somebody like a Jacko equivalent, a Giroud equivalent, somebody like that that, when we start hoisting the ball into the top into the box, when you have got Aguero or Jesus, we've got a small team. It doesn't work, and we we don't get the goals like that. Therefore, we need an alternate plan B, and that might involve getting a a tall striker who can um, carry the carry the bit of the burden and put the ball in the net from crosses coming in that we try to do and fail miserably to score. Peter
0: Crouch is available, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, do you agree with that, Tony? I'm not, I'm not sure if I do, because just the way Pep plays and the way City plays, I just, it, the days of, Je- Jeco was great. I love Jeco. scored some really important goals. Can't take that away from him. Um, but I'm not sure if that's what Pep's looking for, is it?
1: I don't think it is. I mean, I do I do share Sato's frustration at times where we try and pass teams to death and if it doesn't work, we merely induce them into a coma, it seems, and still don't get anywhere. I don't know how it would work, though. I mean, you're going to have, you know, your super sub who you just bring on on those four or five games of the season where we are struggling to break down teams. It's it's very, very difficult. Um, I, I, I think it's more we lack intensity at times rather than a tall player. I also loved Edin Dzeko, but um, I cannot see that Pep is going to completely change the way we play. Um, Sometimes it doesn't work. I think we may just have to accept that frustration occasionally, given how brilliantly we perform the vast majority of the time.
0: Okay. I'm going to excite Steven now uh, because this is a topic that Stephen really loves to talk about. So we're going to go to you first. You might have already worked out what it is, Stephen, we're going to talk about here. One of my favourite topics, Stato is quite keen, I think. I'm not sure where Tony stands, but I know this is something you don't like talking about. But I'm going to ask you the question. You have to answer it, OK? So we've got a, a couple of new kits out, Stephen, this season. We've got the Mosaic kit, uh, particularly, and the Paisley kit as the third kit, which we've now seen as well. So, Stephen, please, uh, knowing how passionate you are about kits through the ages, you could write a book I guess give us your thoughts Stephen on the Mosaic and the Paisley in particular please, your thoughts Stephen, how do you feel about those two kits?
2: Um, I mean I'll go as far as saying I don't particularly like the Mosaic um, I mean that's as emotional as i was going to get about a kit, it's blue and white um, <laughs> but I, no I, I don't really like it the Away kit slightly better, the third kit's revolting, there you go good well you've do, you done well it's, I've
0: got more out of you in that conversation than I've ever got in the last few years doing this show with you <laughs> I know you're not. Stato I know you're, you're far more a kit man like me I like talking about the kits and the socks and which are the best socks and the worst socks and, and which should we have maroon stripes down the shorts so that's what it, that's what we should get this podcast talking about week in week out your thoughts on the kit Stato? I think you know man. I think you asked me this question
3: a while ago and I said I don't really care um If it's blue, (laughs) it's great. Uh, I I don't mind the mosaic. It's a a bit different. I love the second kit. I think that's quite impressive. The the dark colours is lovely. I really will even consider buying that one. As for the Paisley, no thanks. There you go. I'll give you my view.
0: Very good. Tone, your chance, mate.
1: I think somebody raided my grandmother's house in the 1960s and cut up the carpet and have stuck that on the front of a few shirts as far as that third kit goes. It's absolutely offensive. I would never, ever buy that. And I don't know who thought that was a good idea. We will be a laughing stock.
0: Okay. Uh, Mares and Laporte have tested positive for COVID 19. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's ten self isolation. So yeah. Sorry, ten, ten days self isolation always difficult over the phone. Therefore they they come back into this main squad with about four days to go till the, the Wolves game. Um it's whether where the pet feels that they're fit enough and they uh, understand what they need to do to be able to play, but they'll have to keep apart from the rest of the squad, otherwise they'll run the risk of spreading it. So a bit challenging, but, you know, I'm sure this is going to happen throughout the season. A player here or there from all teams will pick it up from somewhere, even if they do their best to stay away from it. You know, it's virtually it's impossible to be 100%. It is impossible to be 100% safe.
0: Yeah. Let's just talk about then the, the, the start of the season. It's still a couple of weeks before we actually see some action. Um, but we we know that sort of Monday night, the twenty first of September, I think it is. We obviously got Wolves away. We're we're live on Sky. Uh, we then go to the Carabao Cup, which I think we've got either Bournemouth or Palace. So obviously we've got to play, and then we'll we play the winners of that. Um, but if you look at our sort of first few games at home to Leicester, uh, we've still got um, Villa to be organised, and then Leeds away arsenal west ham sheffield united etc before we get liverpool at the beginning of november it's i know we've got to play all teams twice uh but it's just your again your thoughts about that particular start to the season and any particular thoughts on whether that's going to be helpful to us or not whether we get off to a good start what's your view tony looking at that uh those first few weeks of the season
1: well i think Wolves is a good place to start, and none of us need reminding them. they did the double over us last year, so I think it 's a real opportunity for us to put down a marker and so we 're not going to make the same mistakes again it 's a tough game, but maybe that 's not so terrible. I think the point I simply do not understand is why, given all the players have been away on international duty and played twice, the uh, villa game has been postponed it's it just Beggar's belief in my humble world, but there you go. But no, excited the season is back, looking forward to it. And um, listen, it's not a bad run before, as you say, we get down to the business end of the season and some serious fixtures. So um, I think, with the right attitude, if the players can keep fit, if they can stay free of coronavirus, then they're all winnable. And I am very much looking forward to it all. How
0: do you feel, Stutter?
3: Yeah, I think it's a reasonable start compared to other teams. And the, and the top teams have all got you know, a mixed sort of fixture uh, list, haven't they? They've all got to play a couple of the other top teams. So I think it's reasonable. You know, Wolves and then Leicester, and I think we've got Leeds in there as well. So all the top teams, yeah. we've got, uh, yeah. well, we're have got, we OK. I think it's a decent start. West Ham in there, and it's certainly a winnable match. So you'd like to think we'll pick up quite a few points, but there'll be a a telling time as we get going and
0: see where we're up to after five or six games. And having talked, Stephen, about kind of the the disappointment or otherwise of of the last season, um, what are your expectations? Obviously a quick comment on the fixtures if you like as as well, but after that, your expectations for this season and kind of what good looks like.
2: I I think you really just want to see consistency again. Um, and that'll come from the motivation to to win the title back. Because even last year, which we've set, we've talked about already, you know, we'd be brilliant one week, and you think, oh, we're back to our best, free-flowing football, goals galore, passing teams off the park. And then the next week, we'll look really insipid, really lethargic, and we'll lose one-nil to a counter-attack. So you just this season want them to be consistent again. Um, and I and I think they will have that bit between their teeth to win the title back. They'll know how they fell short last year. So we'll see. Um, there's a lot of very good teams, but I, I think, and I'm sure we've probably said it the last couple of years and we've been wrong each time, but I don't think a team will do what Liverpool did last season or do what we did when we got 100 points. I think there's some good teams and therefore it's just a case of being consistent, winning against the, the weaker teams, winning your, the games against the bottom 10. And then seeing how you get on on the big fixtures, because, you know, it's a cliche, that you can lose to anybody on a given day. So, look, I, I think we'll be stronger. I think we really will bounce back this year. But it's going to be a challenge. But, but Spato, isn't, isn't the Champions
0: League really what certainly the owners want? Will it be seen as a failure if Pep goes another season without winning that? Or for you, is it more about getting back to winning the uh, domestic league and that's the priority? Where do you think uh, the club stand on that?
3: Well, the club stand, uh, the owners want the Champions League. Um, I, I like both. Uh, whether, if we win any of the other two, um, as I said earlier on, if we just win the Carabao Cup or just win the FA Cup next season, that is not success to me. I'm pleading And then uh, maybe uh, I just think that where City are today, we've got to be aiming higher than winning one of those trophies. We've got to be at least... Uh, challenging, best than we did last season in the Premier League. If we finished one point below the Champions, at least we challenged. If we got to the, the semi-final Champions League and lost to a brilliant Bayern Munich or a brilliant other team, I couldn't be upset about it. Losing to a, a Leon type team in a quarter-final and a match where we should really be beating those teams is disappointing. So, again, the Champions League, there's a little bit of luck in it, who you get drawn against, and on the day, whether you <laughs> perform. But so if losing to a great team, I wouldn't be too upset. I'd love to win it, though.
0: Um, I want to uh, finish with... Uh, our, um, so if you were picking the side, stronger side, we're going for a 4-3-3 three, three formation. Um, and I'm going to get one of you to do the back four, one of you to do the midfield, and one of you to do the strike four. So uh, uh, in no particular... Lord, uh, I'll tell you what, Tony Newgrosh, you can do the keeper and the back four with who we've bought to date, who's gone. If we were starting the season to tomorrow and Pep had to pick his best team, please give me the goalkeeper and the back four, please. I think I know who's going to say the Too tricky, is already. it? Yes. Mr. I've Edison has the gloves. So, Not his so error against Leon. Indeed. Uh, best think- back four, please, Tony. Well,
1: I would pick Mr. Walker at right back, notwithstanding his misdemeanours in the Reykjavik. um, But I think he's done very well for us towards the end of last season. Left back, I think we'd all love to see a fit Mendy have a good run in the team. So he starts. Mr. Laporte hopefully will have recovered from coronavirus. And then we have the age-old problem of who to partner him. Um, Mm. I'm I'm going to... I'm going to put Mr. Ake in. Um, we've paid good money for him. And let's see if we can have two left-sided centre-halves doing well.
0: All right. Stephen Allwise, who's your three midfielders, please?
2: One of them is very easy, Mr. De Bruyne. <laughs> One of them, I think is also very easy. Again, if he's, if he's around and behaving himself, Mr. Foden. Um, and depending on which fixture we're picking this team for, I think probably would have Gundogan holding if, you know, if we're going to be on the front foot, if if we have to defend a bit more and need the height, maybe Rodri in there. Um, but I'm very thankful that I'm not the person having to pick the front three. Well, indeed,
0: and that's, that's, that's So, just in, no Fernandinho mentioned in this team at the moment, which is interesting as well. But uh, there's only, only 11 places to go, of course. So, uh, right, uh, your front three, then um, over to you, Stato. Best team so, with who's on the books at the moment. Well, front three therefore would have to be um, Fernandinho, no, um,
3: no, um, Aguero. <laughs> Aguero, Aguero, <laughs> Sterling has to play, and then it's a choice of Bernardo Silva or Mares on the, uh, on the, uh, on the um, right-hand side. And if Bernardo Silva re- returns the form that he had in his first season with us, not last season, then I'd go Bernardo Silva. If, if Mahrez shows the form he had last season, I'd go with Mahrez. So uh, I'm sitting on the fence a bit there, but it's who's the better of the two
0: uh, when, they, when it comes to it? It's some bench then, isn't it, with that side? If that's the 11, it's some bench, which uh, which we've had, of course, we know. Um, listen, it's great to be back. We've uh, got another week or so before we even start playing, so I we'll look forward to, uh, to having uh, another three guests next week to talk about what's got on. Uh, let's hope that uh, Foden gets back safely, um, and let's wish um, both Mahrez and Laporte a speedy recovery as well. Um, it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure. Thank you to my three guests, to Tony Newgrosh, to Stephen Allwise and to Paul Denby. This is Nigel Rothman saying Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon.
3: Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got ninety seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called "What Has He Said Now," and is available wherever you got this podcast.
0: You're gonna lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media.